This episode is sponsored by Afreza and Mankind Corp. as part of our ongoing collaboration. Mankind has paid Diabetics Doing Things for this placement, but the thoughts and opinions of hosts and guests are original and unfiltered. For more information about Afreza Insulin Human Inhalation Powder and Mankind, please visit afreza.com. Please see additional important safety information, full prescribing information, including boxed warning, medication guide, and instructions for use on afreza.com safety. That's A-F-R-E-Z-Z-A dot com slash safety. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Diabetics Doing Things. We are telling the amazing stories of people with diabetes from all over the world. I'm very, very psyched to introduce our guest today. The good news is, even if you want more from this interview, you can check out her hit show, Stargirl. Season three is available on CW and all streaming platforms that show CW. So that's the CW app and HBO Max. If you don't know who it is, it's Stargirl herself. Just finished season three. Breck Bassinger, welcome to the show. Thank you. That was a great little segue introduction. I liked that. Not too bad, right? Like I'm getting the hang of it after all these years. Uh, Breck, you are a literal superhero on TV, but you are a diabetes superhero in real life. And you have lived with type 1 diabetes for most of your life. Why don't you share for our listeners who maybe don't know your diagnosis story, like, how, tell us about your diabetes journey. Where did it all start? Wow. To say I've lived with diabetes for most of my life is so, such a, like, weird to hear, but it's true. Like, I was diagnosed when I was eight. January, it'll be 15 years. So it's, like, way past the majority, but it's, it's interesting to hear that out loud. So, yeah, when I was eight years old, I, I feel very lucky. In that, like the way everything, I feel lucky about my diabetes diagnosis, but it's how everything kind of like lined up. I was on a weekend trip with my mom and grandma. And so we were staying in a hotel together. So we were just spending every waking second together. And I saw the obvious things. I was really thirsty. I was wetting bed and I hadn't, I was eight and that wasn't something I was doing. Right. Losing weight. I was actually there for a pageant and I got on my clothes tailored to my body. And there had been a dress that I had worn like, two years ago that did not fit me because children grow really fast and fit me and my mom was like I don't know how this dress fits you again but somehow you are losing weight what's going on so immediately when we got home my mom kind of like googled the symptoms and she said that night she knew when she took me to the doctor that like the next morning what it was going to be she felt very confident that it was going to be diabetes went in to care now Got the diagnosis, immediately was taken to Cook's Children, spent five days there. And even Cook's Children, like I feel so blessed the experience that I had. I actually cried on Friday when I left because I loved everyone so much and I wanted to keep doing the daily hospital activities. And like, you're the only kid that cries when they have to leave the hospital. But um, that's so funny that you were diagnosed in January as well. So because you and I are, are both from Dallas, Fort Worth. So shout out Care Now. I also went to a Care Now. My mom <laughs> took me to a Care Now before. So it's kind of funny to see how like, and I know you're more on the West side. So you went to Cook's Children's and I went to Dallas Children's. But how fun is that? You know, both January diabetes. January what? January 1 for me. First oh, day. Wow. New Year's started off big. I, I know. I was like New Year, new me. And I had no idea what that Literally. all meant. You know, crazy. So You've been really awesome lately about sharing your diabetes life on TikTok and Instagram and kind of like what a day in your life looks like. And we've had actors with diabetes on the show before, but you know, for you being like, in, especially in, you know, a superhero suit, like you're, you know, you're putting all your devices kind of underneath, underneath your superhero wear, like 
you know, how do you manage your diabetes while you're balancing a, sh a busy shooting schedule? And I know right now, you know, you're, you and I, as we scheduled this interview, you have a really demanding shooting schedule. So for people who aren't as familiar with like working actors and like what's being asked of you on a daily basis, what does that look like for you and your diabetes? It's definitely challenging. Obviously, diabetes alone has its daily burdens. Working 16, 17 hour days has its daily burdens. And those things together, there's definitely challenges. I always, every time I start on a new project, I immediately go up to the director and the first AD, the first assistant director, and let them know. I don't like to make a big fuss about it, but I'm like, hey guys, type 1 diabetic. If my blood sugar goes low while we're filming, we need juice on standby. I'll step off for 15 minutes and I'll come back and be able to be present. And that's happened a few times. Actually, it was this past week we were filming an emotional scene. And the way the camera works is it'll be on like, it'll be coverage on one person and they'll flip the camera around and you'll do the same exact scene coverage on another person. So you'll do one scene, I think 30 times and the camera's just always pointing at different people. Right. We've been working on the scene for hours and they turn the camera and it's my coverage. So this is when I have to show up and do my best acting feel my blood sugar going and then I start trying to do my lines and I like cannot remember them because I get that low blood sugar brain fog yep, and finally yep. I'm like guys I actually I, I have to we we're not going to get through this thing so I literally be like line just could not get through it so I really just try to have like open communication I've really been working on like empathy with myself because sometimes the schedule is limiting or vice versa and i've just had to like really be practice empathy towards myself because i'm not always the best what, what does that look like for you when you're practicing empathy with yourself because i think that's something that i know i can do a whole lot better at because sometimes the way that i talk to myself about my diabetes can be a little too harsh that's something yeah. i've been a little bit present with lately is give myself a little bit of grace to not be perfect so what does that you know empathy and practice look like for you i mean exactly what you said like the story I just said about the scene, like it's still eating me alive. I went back to my my chair in the green room and I was just like, gosh, I could always say diabetes isn't going to like prohibit me or affect my work. And it just did. Come on, Brett, do better, do better. And I was like, you're 14 hours into your day. So I really, I literally just talk myself off the cliff. And I think my, one of like my life mottos is talk to yourself, how you would talk to your best friend. And if it was my best friend next to me going, oh my gosh, my diabetes, I'd be like, stop. Absolutely not. You're doing it. You're doing this. So that's like my go-to. I'm my own best friend. Talk to myself like that. I love that. You know, and I think too, it's really refreshing to hear someone like you, you know, uh, who, you know, portrays for millions of people, a superhero that you have your struggles with, you know, long days on set and like things not going according to plan all the time. And I think that's, you know, one of the things with diabetes that can be the most frustrating is like, even when you do everything right, like there's still that wrench that could get thrown in and, and kind of mess everything up. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about diabetes characters like in like TV and film. There have been a few more recently that, that have kind of been like in, in the in the pop culture kind of sphere. Have you ever wanted to portray a character with diabetes on screen? Such an interesting question because like the majority of the projects I've been doing recently I, I play a superhero and the two movies before that have been period pieces 1973 1980 whatever and I'm like my deck I was like I can't wear my Dexcom because I didn't have Dexcoms in the 70s I would be definitely open to the idea I think it would be I think I would be able to portray a diabetic 
way better than a non-diabetic because I know what it actually feels like. No hate on them, but you can only study it so closely. Recently, I have been attached to a project that the story is about a diabetic. It's this wonderful writer, Kelsey Bascom, who is writing, starring, directing in it. She is writing, she wrote it, she's starring it, and she's directing it. And she's a type 1 diabetic. And they reached out to me and they're like, we'd really love for you to come be a part of this and be a producer on it. And of course, like, as soon as I heard, it was like telling the real little things of diabetes, like done. I don't, I don't even have to read the script. I'm in. It was so cool because she's gotten so many diabetics to be involved. There, one of the scenes I was in was, was this wine party. And it was like 12 girls and her. And we were all diabetics. Even though only one of like Kelsey's the only one playing a diabetic in the movie. It was so cool. We were just sitting like in between takes, just like going off about our diabetes stories. So that was like such a lovely set experience. And I'm really excited because I think it does go into what diet like kind of you we were talking earlier and you said like the gross parts of diabetes, the weird parts of diabetes, kind of like the unspoken, not that I I can't eat the cake, not that I can't eat the cake the real stuff. And I'm really excited for people to see it. And I think it'll be, I would have loved to have a movie like that when I was diagnosed to watch it just because I think it's very honest. Like, I think it's so cool to see even after a long life with diabetes, when you get in a room and there's a bunch of people around and you all can kind of skip the like exposition and the explaining about like what you're doing or feeling like shame or feeling embarrassed or feeling like you have, like you're calling more attention to yourself. Like when you were talking about you know, you're having a little blood sugar on set and you have to take a break and the feelings that kind of come flooding in of like, you know, embarrassment or shame or like that you like, or even just like explaining things to people that feels really uncomfortable. And I think for me, when I was an athlete, that those were the times with diabetes that I felt like the most stressed out and the yeah. most like, you know, not myself because other people were having to wait or I was having to delay things because of my diabetes. And I just felt like, I don't know, anxious and sweaty and just like all of those things that kind of come along with that. So when you're in that situation and and I've fortunately been able to work on a couple of like small video sets with like five or six other people with diabetes and you just get to skip all that and everybody's running by craft services and grabbing low snacks and like going oh, from like one, like one scene to another. So many juices everywhere. It was awesome. The way we had like the juice and like the beef jerk, you know, like this is definitely a diabetic. It's great. And I think, you know, a friend with diabetes is a friend indeed. And I think the more you can surround yourself with people like that, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you haven't been in a room with a bunch of people with diabetes, I encourage you to do that either at an event or a walk or whatever you can do to, to make that happen for yourself. Um, staying on the diabetes train. Recently, I saw a video on your TikTok and this episode is sponsored by, by Mankind. And you've been sharing that you use Afreza to manage your diabetes. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by Afreza and Mankind Corp as part of our ongoing collaboration. For more information about Afreza and Mankind, please visit afreza.com. That's A-F-R-E-Z-Z-A.com. Afreza is a rapid-acting inhaled insulin used to control high blood sugar in adults with diabetes mellitus. Afreza may cause serious side effects, including sudden lung problems, low potassium, and heart failure. Afreza is not for patients with chronic lung disease such as asthma or COPD. Tell your doctor if you smoke, recently stopped smoking, have ever had kidney or liver problems, a history of lung cancer, or if you are pregnant or breastfeeding. Most common side effects are low blood sugar, cough, and sore throat. Severe low blood sugar can be fatal. 
do not replace basal insulin with a Frezza. A Frezza is not for use to treat diabetic ketoacidosis. Do not take a Frezza if you are allergic to insulin. Talk to your doctor before changing your Frezza dose. Blood sugar may need to be checked more frequently. How and when did you decide a Frezza was right for you? I was actually training twice a day to get in superhero shape for my show, Star Girl. And when talking to my diabetic buddy, he suggested that I ask my doctor about a Frezza as a mealtime option. And at first, I was just going to be on it for the months leading up to filming. But I noticed that adding a Frezza as my go-to mealtime insulin and, of course, remaining vigilant my diet and exercise, I had a mindset to be able to focus on other things. And while there's still a risk, I just wasn't thinking about low blood sugars as frequently. And I have now been using a Frezza for over three years. Wow. So yeah, I think once you find something that works, once you find that mix and also like gives you that headspace to be your best self, I mean, it seems like that's, you know, finding what works for you was really key for that. What what do you think about like in your, in your role, like as a public figure and as, you know, a person with diabetes and your choice to live publicly and, and tell people and educate people and, and bring awareness to diabetes? Like what, what is it like for you to be, you know, in the spotlight and have your diabetes be a part of that spotlight? Hmm. I was once asked if I felt like being in spotlight and having diabetes, like I felt a responsibility to, to speak up and to be an advocate. Honestly, I just really feel like it's an opportunity. I always go back to this story, but when I got diagnosed, I was in the hospital my mom brought me a People Magazine article that had been released that, that issue that month of Nick Jonas holding a Diet Coke, talking about he had type 1 diabetes. And at eight years old, even then, I still knew I wanted to be an actor. And I just remember being like, oh, you what? guys are like, oh, sad. And this is fine. Like, I can, if Nick Jonas can do it, I can do it. And it, it really impacted me. And so I just feel like that I, the, the, the career blessings that I've had are just such an opportunity for maybe to be that Nick Jonas for even one individual would be worth it. So, well, I am grateful for it because I know that, you know, my own life and, and seeing people like Adam Morrison, people like Gary Forbes, who were doing what I wanted to do, playing basketball with diabetes and just normalizing that and saying, Hey, yes, I'm doing this thing, but I also have diabetes. And if that's what you want to do, that's an option for you. You know, that's a big reason why we started this podcast uh, is so that whatever it is that you're interested in, you could find somebody with diabetes who's doing it. Right. And you don't, the thing is diabetes, it, it doesn't have, that doesn't have to be your thing. You don't have to talk about it, but right. your own relationship and whatever brings you peace with it, do it. How funny is that though, that, you know, you're in the hospital and that week is when, you know, Nick Jonas, like, you know, no. you, you start to ask yourself, like, you know, was that the right time, right place? I, you know, I do not believe in coincidences at all. That's another one of my life mottos. And absolutely. Like, I, I, I want to even say, like, it was like his first big time speaking out about it. And it was like a six page spread and people like, I just looked and my mom, like brought it to me. was like, look what I saw at Target. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Okay, so let's get into some quick fire questions. So what you're going to do is I'm going to ask you and then you just as quickly as you can, give me your response. Oh, gosh, pressure. Got it. Okay. Yeah, pressure. It's, this is the hot seat right now. Okay, so favorite go-to low blood sugar snack? It's Sour Patch Kids. Sour Patch Watermelon. Oh, love it. Favorite non-work activity? 
binging reality TV. Oh my gosh, which 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 reality TV franchise? Oh, I mean all of them, but I'm currently watching Love is Blind. Oh, okay, cool. Love is Blind Hive. Comment below. What's your favorite thing about Alfie? King? The way he prances instead of walks. Favorite TV show to binge? You might already got this. Oh, you know what? I'm going to say Selling Sunset's probably my favorite to binge. Ooh, love it. Celebrity you would challenge to pickleball? <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Because if I could say I beat The Rock at something, I could just... That would be the one. That, that would be it. That would put, your, put you on Mount Rushmore. I love it. Okay, so that's the end of the hot seat. So nicely done. Nicely done. Um, all right. This is this one's the the heartstrings question for me. This is the one that I want to dig in, like because you know you get to inspire, like because you've chosen to be an advocate and because you've chosen to live your life in public with diabetes. What would you tell a young person living with diabetes today that you wish you had been told when you were diagnosed? That it will get easier. I meet so many diabetics who are still in like their first year of diagnosis and they're doing the very detailed log sheet. I actually just was talking to someone yesterday and he was like, yeah, my daughter got diagnosed and we've been doing these log sheets. And I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't done log sheets in 10 years, but that was such a part of those first five years for me. Wow. And I wish I could just, it'll get easier. You'll start, you will know what a low blood sugar feels like. You'll know how to communicate to people when you're blood sugar zone. Yes, it'll still be a daily burden, still be difficult, but you will learn and it will get easier. Something I've been thinking about a lot lately is like skill acquisition, like how you get better at things over time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage someone listening to this podcast and I'm going, this is like totally made up. I didn't have this like approved on the question sheet, but this is what I would encourage you to do today. Write down something with diabetes that you're struggling with and just fold it up and put it in your drawer and set a reminder to check on it in a year. Because I think what you'll find is those things that are really getting you today, in a year, you might surprise yourself how much further along you are. And those things that really hurt you or really were burdening you today, that you're managing them no problem a year from now. So that would be that would be my challenge to somebody listening, is to write it down and put it in a drawer and set a reminder on your phone for one year from now and check in with us. That's beautiful. I literally have chills. I'm like tearing up. Well, because, you know, you think about it like life is is really overwhelming. And, you know, you were talking about that story earlier being on set, like, you know, you're set up for your shot. You've been working on the scene for hours and then you have to take a break and you sort of feel this sort of avalanche of feelings and, and emotions from diabetes that coming over you. And as you guys know, listening, when your blood sugar is low, you are more sensitive to those emotions. Me too. I, I will full out avalanche downhill, like sad, like it's the end of the world with a low blood sugar. And I have to remind myself sometimes like that. It's just the low blood sugar talking. It's just the low blood sugar talking. Let's get it back up and think about it. But, you know, if you really think about, you know, a long life with diabetes, which, you know, as of today, you know, we're, we don't have a cure in sight for us immediately. It's going to be some time. So making peace with who we are today and giving ourselves some grace for the future and recognizing that we're going to grow. Uh, and that diabetes doesn't stop you from growing. It just, you know, makes it every little thing in your life adds a whole extra step and, and a whole a lot of extra math that you've got to do on top of it. So I would encourage you guys out there, if you are struggling, to write that little note down and and go let some time pass and revisit it and see how you also have grown and give yourself some some props for that. Oh, I love it. Well, cool. Look what we discovered uh, on our phone today. Like, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, why did I struggle? 
<laughs> I think I might do it too. So we'll we'll definitely have to have you back and we'll check on the things that we wrote for, to ourselves for this year. Breck, you are very online. If you were going to encourage people to follow you somewhere, where would you say? Oh, goodness. I am on Instagram at Breck Bassinger. I'm on Twitter, which I basically just use to like connect with people for Star Girl. Like I did live tweet every episode and that's Breck Bass. And then TikTok is at Breck Bassinger's. Awesome. Well, we will include those links in the show notes. Breck, thanks so much for your time. And thanks so much for being such an awesome advocate for people with diabetes. You are a real life superhero with diabetes. And I'm just grateful for the time. And thank you for all that you do. Thank you, Rob.